0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to Big Ten Hoops Weekly. Uh, I'm Brett, and I'm here with Steve, as always. Steve, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing average. How are you doing, Brett?
0: I'm doing I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, the the weather it's it's cold, but uh, Big Ten basketball is really really heating up right now. Uh, so it's been an interesting week in the conference, and uh, there's a lot to talk about. So I think we should dive right in, and no better place to start than earlier today on Sunday. Uh, with a you know a, a very highly anticipated matchup uh, at Mackey Arena, Purdue, Ohio State, um, and Purdue um, jumped out to a, a you know a decent lead um, and was kind of in control for a decent amount. They were up by as much as twenty. Ohio State stormed all the way back before Jaden Ivey got the game winner on a three. Um, so when you're thinking about this game, what what is your main like, take away on each side?
1: I mean, I, I was kind of thinking about this as as we were getting ready to do this. And frankly, I I actually don't know that I learned anything new about either of these teams after this game today. I mean, th- th- think about what happened, right? So, at a high level, this is the second time that Purdue has blown a huge lead in a game against a, another Big Ten contender. So, I think whether, you know, If you want to talk about X's and O's, that's fine with them, but that's a huge concern, I think, um, as far as their ability to close out games. Um, However, on the other hand, um, you know, their best player um, hit a big shot in a big big moment, which is, um, you know, a lot of teams would kill for a guy like Jaden Ivey that can hit shots like that. Um, You need those types of players that you can win with when you're thinking about making a deep tournament run. Um, And I think in Previous runs that Purdue has attempted to make, they were really lacking, like a game-changing player like that. Um, and so we all knew that this was further proof of it. But I don't know that we learned anything new. Um, and then on the other hand, with Ohio State, I mean, th- their biggest issue is just consistency, right? Like they play down to the level of competition, but they also kind a rise to the level of competition. And you know, uh, you got them rising to the level of the competition competition in the second half in a tough environment. And you had EJ Liddell, one of their biggest players can also make a big shot in that game, but but he's been no stranger to that too. Um, I mean, other than that, when you kind of look at the stats, there's not, I think that much that you'll pick out from this game that will, I, I think, surprise you. I mean, maybe Jamari Wheeler maybe could have played a little bit better. Um, and you know, Travion Williams has been, been struggling. Stefanovic wasn't as hot as he kind of was, but it, like I, at the end of the day, like we're, we're at this point in the season with these teams, like Purdue just found a way to win. And, you know, this could be the difference in them, you know, even getting a buy in the first round of the tournament, um, I'm sorry, getting that double buy in the big 10 tournament. Um and, and it's really just razor thin margins.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I- we're gonna see, especially as you know the the season kind of winds down, and we're looking at the race for these top four seeds. Uh, a win like this will definitely help help Purdue. Um, I think there's still a lot of very valid questions about their perimeter defense. Um, you know, giving up almost 1.2 points per possession is is not good. Although Ohio State obviously is talented. Um, and so I, you know, Purdue kind of has a knack for blowing these big leads and, uh, and, you know, especially at home, that's something you really want to avoid. But, and then I think on the other hand, we see that this Ohio state team has a lot of fight in them, despite, you know, there, there are some, some flaws to that team, but they never quit fighting and, and made it a game and almost kind of somehow, and, you know, made it, made it a tie game with 20 seconds left. So uh, kudos to them for doing that. Obviously, you know, you don't like to say that there are any, are any moral victories, but it was good to see them fight back. Um, so this win for Purdue, three-point win at home, capped off a two-win week for them after they went on the road and and took control early at Iowa. Um, so you know after after a couple surprising losses, um, Purdue's not in horrible shape. They sit a game out of first right now, um, but still in fourth place and owning currently one of those precious double buys. So I think you know a very good week for the Boilermakers and uh, obviously this is something they're going to want to want to build on as we go forward into next week. Uh, so moving on the next team, I think we should talk about is um, Illinois. Um, also owners of a two win week. Um, so they, they hosted Michigan state uh, for another highly anticipated matchup. Uh, that was back on Tuesday um, and playing without Andre Corbello or Kofi Coburn. Uh, we're able to pull out a win. And I think, you know, even, even though that's a home win, that's still a damn impressive one.
1: Yeah, I mean the thing that people actually aren't giving Illinois enough credit for is the kind of complexity of their defensive scheme. Um, you know, this was a night where they knew they weren't going to be able to outscore their opponent, um, and so you know they they kind of confused Michigan State enough to slow them down where um you know a lot of their guys kind of weren't as effective as they typically are max christie who had come into that game kind of pretty hot went one for eight from the floor game gabe brown four for nine um you know michigan state only shot 35 percent um from the field and actually 20 percent from two so you know whether you want to credit that to you know Illinois' defense or an off shooting night for michigan state that's up to your interpretation but you know i i think, the, the thing with this Illinois team is you just, you don't know what you're going to get from night to night. Um, and on this night, when they didn't have kind of a lot going for them, they found a way to win. Um, getting contributions from, you know, like Bozeman, Verdon, and, um, you know, like Plummer and Fraser kind of really didn't carry the load on offense. Um, so I, credit to them for this. I think they're, it's, it's signs that they're moving in the direction of displaying traits of a true championship contender but you know i i think at the same time you know in this game you saw i think kind of a lot of the things that i think gave you cause for for cause for concern you know like not you know it was kind of an off shooting night they only shot they they only got to the line seven times in in this game so you know like weren't being super aggressive um but credit where credit's due when they didn't have their most talented players they they found a way at the end to get stops when they needed
0: yeah, absolutely. You you mentioned for Verdonk, and I think it's it's very, you know, I think we need to give him a lot of credit for kind of being able to fill in uh when he really hasn't had that much experience over the past two seasons getting into games. Um and he's been able to really hold his own, especially defensively, but he, you know, has been able to kind of chip in offensively at times when they really need it. He went, you know, eight points is is really big in a game that they won by one. Um, so you know, getting contributions from that's from your depth like that. Uh, can obviously turn the tide in a, in a close game like this against a really, really good team. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, and obviously the lack of aggression can be, uh, and, and free throw attempts can be summed up by the fact that they took 29 threes. Um, so I think that, you know, Illinois is a team, especially when Kofi's out, that is going to have to generate offense from somewhere. Um, but it worked out on that night and, uh, you know, and then they were able to go to Evanston uh, with Kofi Coburn and w- win by three over Northwestern, a game that was pretty back and forth. Uh, this was a this was a pretty fun one, um, obviously survived a huge game from Pete Nance, but Northwestern got no no double figures from anybody else, um, didn't particularly shoot the ball well um, and. I mean, Kofi basically played the entire game or Kofi played, you know, a lot coming back from a concussion, uh, ended with 22 and nine. um, And that's, again, another team that if Illinois is really serious about winning the Big Ten, that's a game they had to win. And they were able it didn't look pretty, but they were able to come in and and take care of business. Um, So that moved that moved Illinois into a tie for first place in the Big Ten as we sit right now on January 30th. Uh, they are currently tied with Wisconsin who also had a two week two win week uh, with wins over Nebraska and Minnesota um, it's you know I, I the the game against Nebraska wasn't quite as close as the eight point final margin will indicate um, but there's this team it has a very very bad habit of playing very close games against teams that they really shouldn't they had further exacerbated by a six point win against Minnesota um, and I you know, it's going to come back and bite them at some point, but the fact that they they can give the ball to, like you said, with Jaden Ivy, a guy like Johnny Davis and have him manufacture buckets at the end of the game is huge. Um, So that's, you know, I think that's, that's good for Wisconsin, but also a little troubling.
1: And, and just kind of one thing on Johnny Davis, I agree with you with everything you said about Wisconsin. I, w- I wouldn't take too much away from the, this week in particular, Um, as far as, you know, we, we know already what we know, what we have in terms of Wisconsin, but you know, Johnny Davis had kind of a quieter offensive week I would say relative to kind of how he's been performing uh, but what stood out in this Minnesota game was the, the 15 rebounds that he had along with his 16 points and you know not to say like he shot seven to 14 you know so it's not that like that's a most guys will take that on most nights but you know on a night when he, he didn't really like have it going in the way that we're used to kind of being able to contribute in other ways you know I think just shows that he's you know, he can do things when he's not, you know, firing offensively to help his team when he did that um, on Sunday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, with with Tyler Wall still hobbled a little bit uh, when you at least when you, you from what you can tell watching the game, it uh, it was good to see the rest of the supporting cast step up a little bit. Um, other teams that had good weeks. So Indiana, obviously, uh, last time out, last time we talked about them, they had just gotten thrashed by Michigan at home, and they're able to bounce back with two games that they should have won, but were able to win in some in relatively convincing fashion. Uh, a, uh, a win at home against Penn State and a win on the road uh, by 13 at Maryland. Um, you know, I I think they're still this team still has. Some questions, obviously, um, namely with although they were on fire from three against Penn State, they were 10 for 13 uh, and then were kind of fell back to earth, you know, 22 percent shooting night from three or sorry, that's the wrong team. 30 uh, percent from three against Maryland. Um, but I mean, Trace Jackson Davis is still doing his thing and uh, wins are wins or wins, especially on the road.
1: I, and I, I think the thing I'll say with, with that Penn State game in particular, I mean, what I was most impressed with was just how kind of Coach Woodson had them prepared to go from the get-go. I mean, like, and you just, that game was 46 to 17 at half. Like, Indiana came out and took out all their anger from the loss to Michigan and just completely demolished Penn State. Uh, I think a key storyline for this team kind of coming into the second half of conference season is the emergence of Xavier Johnson as kind of a, you know, a, a true, I guess, I don't know, want to call him like a number two or maybe like a 2A, 2B, a two a, two you know, after Jackson and along with kind of race. Uh, but, you know, he had 19 points. He, he made all three of his threes. He not a super, you know, destructive three-point shooter, but he he really looks like he's kind of gaining control of that offense and gaining confidence. And I think that is, they're going to need his contributions kind of down the stretch there if they really want to make a run at a double buy here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know they they're sitting at seven and four right now, definitely in pretty solid position, uh, in terms of looking towards the conference tournament. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's definitely they have seemed to kind of course correct a little bit, which obviously you definitely want to see if you are a Hoosiers fan. Um, for a team that is not really course correcting, uh, we have the Rutgers Scarlet Knights who entered this week with two really winnable games, with a home home game against Maryland and then a road uh journey to uh lincoln and uh you know not not that losing to maryland at home is the worst thing in the world because maryland clearly has talent uh but and got a they got a huge game out of fats russell and a big game out of uh eric ayala too but you know if if with rutgers sitting at 12 and 8 right now they can't they can't really afford to lose games like that anymore especially at home
1: well yeah that's the thing i mean like the problem is like fats russell's kind of you know he's a he's a game-breaking player right like um i mean i know he hasn't i know maryland's like not where people wanted them to be this year but like there's no denying that fats russell is probably a top quarter of the the conference in terms of just point point guard rankings right you know he's capable Mm -hmm. of taking over a game impacting it we saw it in their big win over florida earlier this year we've seen it in other games too like he he can you know, he can play like a first-team all-conference guy on any day of the week, at least from the point guard position. Um, and so, you know, he dominated that first half there, and, and Rutgers was kind of never able to claw back. And I think that continues to be this problem with the Rutgers team. I mean, they play great defense. Like, we know they play great defense. You know, the defense is very tough at home. It is so hard to win when you shoot, you know, 34% from the field. You know, and, and your stars don't really have, like, superstar level nights ron harper seven for 16 geo baker you know five for 15 Uh, mcconnell four for 15 like you're you're just you're just not going to win on nights like that um and so i think we know this rutgers team can compete you know even with like some of the elite teams nationally just because they have such good defense but like they like this was a game they could not lose and it luckily the bubble's so soft for them that maybe it may not matter but like they can't they can't drop another one like this. And they almost did against Nebraska, you know, uh, later right. in the week.
0: Yeah, and that was that was where I was going next. I mean, that's that's a game that would have been absolutely disastrous for, for them to lose probably more than most teams. Like, you know, the top third of the conference can probably stomach losing a game to Nebraska uh, on the road. Um, but for Rutgers, it would have been essentially probably the end of their season. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe that's maybe it's a bit of a hyperbole but I mean they have no real room for error against bad teams anymore um but I mean this this game was more of the same I you know they they turned the ball they turned the ball over 11 times they shot three for 19 from three uh and they they were able to eke out a win right at the end uh because you know uh Nebraska kind of went a little bit hero ball down the stretch and it came back to bite them but you know they're they're giving up a lot of points to Bryce McGowan's McGowan's had 29 points, uh, got to the free throw line 18 times. So he was being aggressive and getting to the hoop. Um, you know, Rutgers is able to survive on the road, but not a good shooting night, not a good offensive night overall, like even taking care of the ball, but you got the win that you absolutely had to have. And I guess now it's time to see if they can build on it at all, but it's been a bumpy road for, for the Scarlet Knights. Uh, and then, uh, we had an extremely odd game uh, on Wednesday with uh, Michigan and Northwestern, uh, it was kind of a very back and forth game, especially kind of down the stretch with the Wolverines ended up winning by two. Uh, and that, you know, again, another game that they really can't afford to lose if they're going to re- try and make a late push for the tournament. Um, so for at least a bit, they're keeping their season alive. Uh, so what did what did you take away from that game?
1: It, it hard hard I think to take away um hard to take away anything kind of too um mind breaking. Like I think so Northwestern was up by seven with about three minutes to go in this game. Um and over the course of that time like it, it, um over the course of the last kind of from about four minutes to two minutes, I believe Hunter Dickinson and Diabate both fouled out from that game. So like Michigan kind of had to come back with other guys making big plays down the stretch, um, but you know which they did. They got a big three from Devonte Jones, a big three from Caleb Houston, a big three from Terrence Williams and down the stretch to help them come back. Um, Northwestern missed some clutch free throws, but like Michigan also botched a following up three thing, and that so there, there's a lot of just weirdness as far as the management of that game. I think if you're going to give credit to Michigan for pulling off that late comeback, you also have to. Um, you know, hold them accountable for the huge lead that they blew when their, their starters were in. So, you know, I I don't know. I mean, Northwestern was kind of playing for their tournament wise with this game too. Um, So you could see that the the fight was there, but I mean, really the only takeaway is kind of what you said, you know, Michigan did enough to kind of keep their season in survival mode and Northwestern didn't. Um, And, you know, so if Michigan gets to survive for another day.
0: Yeah. And I think something else that, that was just that kind of caught my attention when we were when I was watching this game was just like Michigan has a weird penchant in these close games for just committing the dumbest possible fouls at all times. And, and maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I, the amount of times that they'll foul on like a defensive rebound or whatever, just as a kind of a, a frustration foul for missing a shot is Something that teams are obviously are going to probably start taking notice of. And especially as as things kind of move towards a do or die point, it's going to be interesting to see if their best guys can stay on the floor. So with that in mind, I think we should start talking about the week ahead. Um, Got some got some really interesting games um coming this week. And I think we should start with Monday. So that's Iowa Penn State.
1: And what do you like there, Steve? yeah so this is i was about to embark on a three game and six day stretch which like teams go through that you know all the time but this is you know they've they've got three we're gonna talk about them three times over the course of the week here i mean i think we're past the point where like penn state's sneaking up on people but like a state college you know game on a monday night where there's maybe going to be 27 people there Uh, that's being generous me as a a huge strap game oh yeah Uh, but like look i think um iowa plays the exact style that penn state probably has no interest in wanting to see so i I like iowa big in this game next so tuesday we actually have three games so michigan state goes to maryland Um, rutgers goes to northwestern a lot of all right. Yeah, Brett, I think we we hit on some of the things you might see in that game there. And then Nebraska goes to Michigan.
0: Yeah. Um, so Mich- Michigan State, Maryland, obviously, for the Spartans to, to keep pace in the Big Ten title race, uh, this is a game they'll have to have to win. Um, I was coming off a really, really well-played game on their part against Michigan, I think Maryland is – interestingly suited to kind of try and stop the Spartans transition attack. Like I think they've got the athletes to keep up with them. It's just a question of, are they going to, is this, is the disciplined Maryland team going to show up and not commit stupid fouls and not bite too hard on ball screens? Cause I think they'll be able to get back in time and you know, Wahab might get played off the floor, but Maryland's kind of been fine with that. So I still like the Spartans, but I think that Maryland has the the ability to make it interesting, uh, especially at home. Rutgers Northwestern, I think we'll get a couple houses built from all the bricks that are gonna be going up. Uh but uh I I you know, it's two teams that take defense extremely seriously, uh that have had issues spacing the floor on offense. Uh you know, North, Northwestern, obviously a slightly a better offense, a much better offensive team, um, but you know, we'll see how they are able to kind of handle the length and athleticism of, of Rutgers, especially, I'm, I'm interested to see Omuruyi and Nance go up against each other. I think that'll be a good matchup. Nebraska, Michigan, uh, another game Michigan absolutely cannot lose. Um, And I think that, you know, Nebraska has been weirdly feisty recently Um, and they're, they're, just kind of shooting themselves in their in their foot in their own in their like they're shooting themselves in the foot mostly by just trying to go hero ball and like ev- run everything in an iso factor i think they have a couple decent players i don't think these players are going to be any match for michigan especially considering that they've already been just dominated by michigan once um, but and especially at home i think this should be an easy walkover for the wolverines Yeah. Um, Wednesday, we've got Purdue, Minnesota and uh, a potential game of the week candidate in Wisconsin, Illinois.
1: Yeah. And Brett, I like your your uh, toolkit of jokes um, with respect you. to the Rutgers Northwestern game. Um, my only question for you is obviously there'll be a lot of houses built, but will there be any walls built?
0: Unclear. Unclear.
1: Gotcha. Now, okay. Purdue, Minnesota. So what One thing that is really odd, I think, that I've noticed about Purdue when they go on the road. So Purdue's kind of getting, um, for a team that's currently what sitting in fourth in the conference, they're Mm -hmm. getting, um, uh, they're they're getting like weird treatment of like as if they're like a top, you know, one or two team, you know, as far as just like the atmosphere and environment that they get, you know, when Purdue comes to town. Everyone, you know, kind of treats them like they're, you know, the Goliath that's set to be thrown, uh, set to be dethroned. Like, and Minnesota is definitely going to, you know, their their fans are going to come ready for this game. I The only reason why I don't think it ends up as a close game is because I think Purdue has the size to overwhelm Minnesota. Uh, now the perimeter defensive issues that we talked about with Purdue a lot, I think could come into play here, but, like Purdue can overwhelm you just with their size and length. Um, and I don't really see this rendering. Um, I don't really see this as a close game kind of any way you slice it um, just because of that factor alone. Now, maybe if Ivy can't like go at a hundred percent, I know that's been a lingering issue. Like maybe they lose their playmaker. Um, but I, I kind of like Purdue in this one fairly easily. Wisconsin, Illinois, um, I agree with you. I mean, I actually, I think it's a clear game of the week. And, I think the status of Kofi, um, p- potentially unclear. But um, if, if uh, you know, I actually think regardless of whether he plays, Wisconsin's going to end up with the best player on the court. Um, and, you know, will he be able, you know, he, he's done it on the road, you know, in big games before this year. They had that big win over Purdue. But um, nothing more you can really ask for in this game. Top two teams in the conference. Um, it's going to come down to, I think, you know perimeter shooting will Illinois be able to outshoot Wisconsin you know with the home crowd there and everything, and then you know can Johnny Davis make big plays down the stretch and can Illinois match it um and then for Thursday, we have Iowa going to Ohio State, which that that's a kind of sneaky good game there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be a fun one. I think, uh, I think, you know, Columbus will be, the, those fans will show up. It'll be, it's, you know, two top 11 offenses per Ken Palm in the entire country. Um, so I think this game will be played at a, a nice brisk pace. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of opportunities for offense. I think watching Keegan Murray and EJ Liddell go at each other is going to be really fun. Um, just due to just the talent level and also the, the little bit of stylistic difference in in their relative games. Um, I think the I think having home court will help Ohio State and kind of push them over the edge to win this game. But I think I think this, uh, assuming Iowa's offense is is still clicking, um, I think that this could be a, a close one and a high scoring one. Um, so I think that will be an entertaining one. Uh, and Saturday, we've got almost the entire conference playing. Um, so there's a lot a lot to unpack here. We've got Illinois, Indiana, Northwestern Nebraska, Uh, Michigan Purdue Michigan State Rutgers and then Penn State Wisconsin
1: yeah so you know first starting with Illinois Indiana I mean uh, most teams have as we've discussed kind of ad nauseum on the show most teams have had trouble kind of going into Bloomington um, Bloomington Indiana Um, and uh, I think actually you know Indiana is going to be pretty well rested they kind of had had a break in their schedule Um, Illinois will likely have been coming off, you know, another tough game, which is kind of a a tough game amidst a tough stretch of games. Um, I I think Illinois is vulnerable here, um, especially with the home crowd. You know, they'll be ready. You know, they feel like this is kind of, you know, a season where they're rising. I I think I think Indiana pulls this this upset off behind the home crowd there. Northwestern, Nebraska actually going to kind of go out on a limb here. I, I think Nebraska gets their first one of the conference season here. I think the, the prediction, speed, the speed of their offense, you know, will be too much for Northwestern. Um, I think, you know, like environments get weird. Like they could have a, you know, a pretty good crowd there too. Um, Northwestern has been, it feels like sleepwalking since their win over Michigan state. Um, I I like Nebraska in, in this game. Um Michigan Purdue is so um okay, this, reasons why this could be a competitive game. Um you know, Hunter Dickinson when he plays at all-American level I think is you know, um can go, you know, pound for pound with any other big man in the country. And so, you know, if there's a guy that can potentially you know, kind of neutralize Purdue's big men um hunter dickinson's your guy i i don't know that though like the rest of michigan's supporting cast can hang with the shooting of Stefanovic, and you know the playmaking ability of Jaden ivy um and just with this game being in mackie tough to see a way that michigan pulls this out um and then if you're michigan state at rutgers i would have your team on high alert if you are tom Izzo. Um, for this game just because you know we talk we, we talk a lot about what it's like to play at the rack we know they just had a slip up there and we know that Rutgers kind of had a had a not so great week just in terms of their offensive execution but you know we had a, we had a game this year where they played Iowa and neither team scored 50 um, Michigan State you know it's not like they're full offensive playmakers um, so I expect this one to be close and you know mm-hmm. Rutgers Michigan State right now is playing for a conference championship. Rutgers playing for their tournament livelihood. I think Rutgers has a little bit more to play for in this game. I'd be on high alert if you're Michigan State. Um, Penn State and Wisconsin, I know, Brett, you mentioned how Wisconsin has um, kind of it played down to their competition a little bit this week. We know we have the big game. They have the big game early in the week against Illinois, um, but I, I don't – I think Penn State Penn State and Wisconsin play at about the same pace, so you know I, I think that could be a reason why Wisconsin's a little bit vulnerable here. But I, I think they should be fine. Um, you know whether they win or lose against Illinois, this is this is one where they have to take care of business. Um, and then on Sunday we finish up with with Maryland, Ohio State, and Minnesota, Iowa.
0: Yeah, and then just one one quick note on on Penn State Wisconsin. Just Wisconsin is Penn State comes in the middle of Illinois and Michigan state. So if they if they really, you know, want to be title contenders, they have to probably win at least two of those games. So, Penn State will basically boil down to a basically a must win for for purposes of keeping the the championship dream alive. Um so yeah, two games on Sunday. Maryland Ohio State. Again, you you really don't know what version of Maryland you're going to get when you when you come, uh especially if especially on the road, um, I think that Liddell is going to be way too much for any any of of uh, Scott or Ayala or anyone to really keep up with. Um, I think a big a big thing here is actually going to be the health of Jamari Wheeler. He's been he was, I think, questionable coming into today uh, for their game against Purdue um, with, I think, a, like a leg injury of some sort. And he's going to he's going to be the one that's hounding Fats Russell. And as you've talked about, Russell definitely has the the game breaking Uh, talent and and everything. So I think if Wheeler's injured, uh, it becomes a much taller task for the rest of Ohio state's guards. Um, So I'm interested. Like, I think that that is a factor, but I I think that assuming all health uh, is because Wheeler did play today and this game isn't until a week from today. um, I think, I think Ohio state should be able to take care of business. Minnesota, Iowa is going to be another really interesting one um, because Minnesota, you know, Iowa doesn't play defense and Minnesota has has definitely kind of been right in there against some of the better teams in the conference. Um, you know, they played they played a couple of weeks ago in Minneapolis and and it was a ten point game. Um, so if if Jamison Battle and Peyton Willis can keep up their scoring streaks, uh, I think Minnesota has a chance. But given that this is at at Carver Hawkeye, I think uh, I think I will be able to take control of this one. Um, but I think that it is also could be a game where we see a lot of points as well. And that'll do it for us this week. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.